0: Welcome to The Gone Show, the show where my guests and I explore anything and anyone that is now gone or might as well be. On tonight's episode, we'll be talking about someone who often took the time to personally introduce us to what he'd created. That's right, we'll be talking about Rod Serling. And now, joining the world and beyond from The Gone Show studio in the American Midwest, the host of The Gone Show, Bannon Backus. Good evening, welcome to The Gone Show. Joining me in the studio tonight are Jay Stewart, John Mad Jack Mitten, and Orson Escanaba. Jay is a brain in a jar. It's my pleasure to be here. John passed away in the United Kingdom in 1834 and now manifests himself as an oversized mouth and mustache. Good morning. It's nighttime. Good evening. And Mr. Escanaba is a yeti. Hello. It's good to see everyone. Now, it's the month of October, so tonight I thought it would be fun to talk about someone who's an icon in the areas of fantasy, horror, science fiction, suspense. We're going to be talking about none other than Rod Serling. Uh, Well, Rod Serling is a perfect subject for October. And why is that? Was this man a pumpkin farmer? Are you serious? We're going to be talking about a pumpkin farmer... Perhaps the time has come for you to hand over the duties of producing the shoe to someone else. He's not a pumpkin farmer. Good God. It still seems as though you could stand to hire some additional help. I absolutely loathe having to point this out. But just moments ago, you missed an opportunity to say good God. First off, never, never lecture me on puns. Second, what the hell do you mean by additional help? Have you ever seen anyone other than me running around here trying to keep sane? Well, as a captain of industry, I myself insist upon being actively involved in every aspect of Mad Jack's charm school for the modern gent. But even I have a large number of unpaid interns at my beck and call. Are you honestly saying that you produce... Produce this shoe all by yourself? Uh yeah. Hmm. Now that I think about it, that does make perfect sense. And they say that you learn more from a failure than you do from a success, so at least you're providing your interns with a great learning environment, John and what is in intern? I demand to know. Do the yeti play with rag dolls when they are young? No. Well, in intern is like a rag doll, but a rag doll that moves on its own and does what you tell it, and all for some kind words that they can take with them and show to others. But only after you've gotten everything out of them that you can. That's the most important part. That is not what an intern... What? Why are we even talking about this? We're talking about this because the strain of running this show into the ground all by yourself is beginning to show in you. Can't you see that all I want to do is help. You? Help? You're a drum of liquid fertilizer at a match testing facility. Ew, you poor man. The strain is even beginning to affect the quality of your slander. Ew, dear. Okay, I know it's early, but we're going to take a break. We're taking a break from my mental health and John's safety. We'll be right back. Your face is a rather tempestuous shade of red. And your face looks like the rug around a toilet. How about that? On tonight's episode of Soup to Nuts, the head of the PR department at Liquid Gold Soup Company has some bad news. John, there was a mistake on the floor. Some 12-year-old kid is posting pictures online of profanity that he's using the noodles from Our Alphabet Soup to spell out. What words? You don't want me to say them, do you? Well, it's either that or I go and get you a can of Our Alphabet Soup. (laughs) Soup to Nuts. Watch a new episode of television's hottest sitcom tonight. Check your local listings for networks and showtimes. Hello, my name is Professor Stephen Rank, and I'm excited to be announcing my upcoming lecture tour, entitled Past Gas. As a professor of history for more than 35 years, my area of interest is flatulence, and I'm excited for this opportunity to take my lectures outside of the classroom and share them with the public. Flatulence, or the accumulation of gas within the Alimentary Canal, is a part of everyday life, but many people are unaware of history's greatest instances of flatulence. For example, did you know that Brutus Albinus almost decided to not assassinate Julius Caesar because of the fact that around that time the leader of Rome had been experiencing bad gas? Did you know that Marie Curie would occasionally entertain her fellow scientists at parties by using chemicals to make her farts phosphorescent? Or did you know that one of President Abraham Lincoln's favorite jokes to play on his wife, Mary Todd, was to fart into his stovepipe hat and force it over her head? Learn more about these histories and more like them by attending my traveling lecture series, Past Gas. Visit the website, Stephen Rank's Past Gas Lecture Tour, to find when I'll be coming to your area. The Past Gas Lecture Tour. Don't pass this gas. Welcome back to the God Welcome back, this is The Gone Show, and tonight I'm here with Jay Stewart, John Mitten, and Orson Escanaba, and Mr. Escanaba, I want to apologize. Before the break, I took my frustration out on you, and I'm sorry. Instead, my frustration should have been taken out on this thing right here that hangs in the air like a sneeze frozen in time. So, once again, my apologies. Like a sneeze frozen in time. I see. So, now we've decided to be disgusting and hurtful. I accept your apology. But, of course, I do not forgive you. Uh, Rest assured, for the Yeti, that's the equivalent of something being forgiven and forgotten. I'm glad to hear that. I wouldn't want this hanging over our heads like a deceased limey. Please, don't everyone rush to my defense all at once. Alright, moving on to tonight's topic. Rod Serling was born in New York in... 1924 to Jewish parents, and from what I've read was drawn to theater at an early age, so much so that his brother built him a small stage in his parents' basement for him to perform on. Also from what I've read, when he was young, Serling absolutely loved to talk, and could go on for hours without stopping and without the need for anyone else to contribute a single word. Uh, The young have so much to say. At three months, our young are able to break glass with their screeching. So, as a high school student, Serling was the editor of his school's newspaper, and used that position to actively promote and support the Allies in World War II. In fact, Serling wanted to drop out of high school and enlist in the military, but one of his teachers convinced him to wait until after he graduated. And sure enough, Serling did, but he was so committed to doing his part that he enlisted in the U.S. Army the day after he graduated from high school. An insatiable desire for the glories of warfare. Are you certain this Rod Serling... Was not a Yeti? Yes, and I don't think that it was any kind of glory in warfare that Serling was looking for. I think he just wanted to support a cause that he believed in. So, in 1943, Serling began his military training, and a year later, he was assigned to the Pacific Theater. And apparently this disappointed him because he wanted to be working more directly against Hitler than the Japanese. There is no. Nothing more frustrating than your enemy being out of reach. Actually, you mentioning frustration reminded me of something interesting that I came across. It turns out that during his time of service, Serling turned to boxing as a way of helping to cope with stress. And from what I read, he was relentless in the ring. Not necessarily successful, but it sounds as though he never gave up and was a determined fighter. That is admirable. Serling spent most of his military career fighting in the Philippines, and apparently in some of the most brutal and dangerous conflicts. It sounds as though during his time in the service, Serling witnessed tragic twists of fate that would appear to have influenced his later creative work Unfortunately, for the rest of his life, his time in the service left Serling suffering from nightmares and flashbacks. He once said, I was bitter about everything and at loose ends when I got out of the service. I think I turned to writing to get it off my chest. End quote. Uh, that makes sense. Serling left the army in 1946 and graduated from Antioch College in Ohio with a Bachelor of Arts degree in 1950. While attending college, he became heavily involved in radio with work that included acting, directing, producing, and writing, And for extra money at the time, Serling was hired by the military to test parachutes. And once, even an experimental ejector seat that had already killed several people. This man was no man. He was Yeti. That may be, but he was also an artist, and having now researched him, I would say without a doubt an artist who I greatly admire. Based upon my research, he was able to succeed as a writer and a performer through dogged determination and by never giving up. When he was trying to establish himself as a writer, when one of his radio or television scripts was rejected, he would just take that script and send it off to someone else for consideration. In reading about him, I was actually really inspired. I have said it before, and I will say it again. All artists are warriors. So, after years of... For lack of a better way to put it, working his ass off, Serling was able to achieve the success necessary for him to be able to create his own television show, the show that is now synonymous with his name and the show that has become a television and cultural landmark, The Twilight Zone. Uh, And it was a great television program. Uh, Whenever I was able to make it home from the office, I'm sure that most people are familiar, but The Twilight Zone premiered in 1959 and ran for five seasons. It was an anthology series with a focus on horror, fantasy, and science fiction. Serling was the executive producer and head writer, and in keeping with his previously mentioned work ethic, 92 of the 156 episodes that comprised the series were written or co-written by Serling. In addition, Serling hosted and narrated the beginning and ending of each episode. It would seem the stage in his parents' basement had become much larger. so. After After five seasons of The Twilight Zone, Serling continued to write for and act in various film, radio, and television productions, Teaching also kept him busy. Over the years, he visited colleges around the country to speak and participate in week-long seminars. And for a number of years, he even taught regularly at Ithaca College in New York. Uh, How exciting would it have been to have been taught by Rod Serling. Absolutely. Unfortunately, a lot of people lost out on being able to experience something that amazing because the world lost Serling in 1975 when he was just... 50 years old. Uh, That's not that old at all. Right. According to my research, Serling's smoking habit probably played a role. Serling smoked up to four packs of cigarettes a day and eventually passed away after a series of heart attacks. That's too bad, don't you know? Fortunately, without a doubt, he lives on through his body of work. And speaking of his work as a writer, I came across an interesting quote from Serling that I wanted to share. Serling said, quote, Writing is a demanding profession, and a selfish one. And because it is selfish and demanding, because it is compulsive and exacting, I didn't embrace it. I succumbed to it end quote. Uh, Well, that is a fascinating glimpse into the artistic process, isn't it? I thought so, and just a glimpse into who Serling was, I would imagine, because with as industrious and determined as Serling was, I'm sure that even beyond his work, he personally touched the lives of many people. I believe that to be true, because And I'm certain you would agree. I see a great deal of myself in this Mr. Serling. And that's further proof that you haven't been able to manifest a pair of eyes. Alright, well, for better or worse, we don't have one of Serling's signature twist endings for you. We just have the end of the show. To my guests and listeners, thank you. And until next time, good evening and good gone. The Gone Show was produced, created, performed, and written by Bannon Backus. The Gone Show was a presentation of BoomTube, B-O-O-M-T-O-O-B. All rights are reserved. Visit BoomTube online at BoomTube.com and Facebook.com slash BoomTube Network.